to Generally Speaking, Opelousa's General Health Systems Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Jones, and my co-host today is Holly Copeland. Hi there. Our guest today is Dr. Saurav Single, neurologist with Wellsmart Health Neurology Clinic. Dr. Single has been an active member of the OGHS medical staff since 2020. Welcome, Dr. Single. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do here at OGHS? Okay. Hello all, my name is Saurabh Singhal. I'm originally from the city of Ahmedabad on the west coast of India. I did my medical school there and then I came to USA to do my residency in neurology. I finished my residency in Indiana University Midwest. Then I came to South to do my fellowship in Houston and later I joined OGH as a full-time neurology physician. I have been handling both inpatient and outpatient services at OGHS. As the inpatient service, I, my responsibilities include taking on-call for neurological emergencies in emergency room, taking care of neurocritical sick conditions and patients in ICU, reading video EEGs, and taking care of admissions on the floors. Outpatient services include seeing patients in neurology clinics, doing procedures such as EMGs, nerve conduction studies, EEGs and Botox. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the field of neurology? Sure. Neurology is a fascinating branch of medicine or biology that basically deals with the anatomy, functions and physiology along with organic disorders of the central and peripheral nervous system including brain, spine and nerves. Neurological conditions or disorders include commonly known stroke, epilepsy, seizures, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, dementia, migraines, neuromuscular and spinal conditions, and others. So what are some of the common conditions that you treat at your clinic? Common conditions treated in our clinics include the entire breadth of the neurological disorders, including stroke, epilepsy, seizures, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, dementia, headaches, migraines, neuromuscular, neurodegenerative disorders, and spinal disorders. In addition, we also do outpatient procedures such as EMGs, nerve conduction studies, EEGs, and Botox for headaches, migraines, and spasticity. Dr. Singer, as you mentioned, um, headaches and migraines, when should a person seek medical attention from a neurologist versus a primary care physician for that condition? That's, that's a very important uh, question. So someone should seek a neurologist attention when someone is having frequent headaches like two or more acute severe headaches a week or if the headaches are debilitating, intense, making it hard for someone to carry out his or her daily life, if the pain is frequently keeping you from work or activities, if your headaches are getting worse and not better with time and treatment, you should also seek attention if your headaches are not responding to the over-the-counter treatment or prescription medications because in these cases you really need to make a proper diagnosis of the kind of headaches and guide the therapy towards the same. If, if you have a new headache that is constant for 24 hours, 7 days a week, you should seek the attention. And of course, if you have a new headache along with some neurological symptoms such as weakness, numbness, dizziness, then you should seek a neurological attention. In fact, if you have acute neurological symptoms mentioned above, 
with a new headache, you should also consider going to the emergency room because that may signal a stroke. Other than these, there are some conditions where you should really consider going to the ER and not neglect your symptoms, such as, for example, if you have an abrupt onset of a severe headache, which you feel is the worst headache of your life, it's often medically called thunderclap headache, which means you feel like a lightning bolt on your head, then you should certainly go to the ER because that could indicate that you might have a bleed in your brain. Other than that, if you have headache that is sudden severe and it's accompanied with a stiff neck where you feel stiffness moving your neck around along with a fever, then you should consider going to the ER or emergency room because that could indicate infection or inflammation of the brain. Or if you have severe headaches with intractable vomiting, dizziness, you're not able to get out of the bed, you're having blurry vision, confusion, or even alteration in your consciousness, loss of consciousness, even then you should consider going to the ER for urgent medical attention. That is all very good information. Dr. Siegel, you also mentioned dementia earlier. Can you tell us a little bit about dementia symptoms and treatment and also how it affects the caregivers? Sure. Dementia is a progressive neurological disorder that is characterized by decline in cognition involving one or more of cognitive domains such as learning and memory, language, executive function, complex attention, perceptual motor and social cognition. The deficits must represent a decline from previous level of function and be severe enough to interfere with daily function and independence. One of the commonest symptoms with dementia as we know is forgetfulness or decline in memory as the chief complaint. Now we know we can also have change in memory or worsening in memory with normal aging. So I'm often asked what, how to differentiate between two. One of the common differentiating factors is that most people with normal aging, they have the insight into their symptoms. They come to you complaining that, hey doctor, I'm having a worsening of memory. I'm forgetting a lot lately. As opposed to dementia, where people do not unfortunately have that insight, they do not feel that memory is declining and it is often a spouse, family or other informant who brings the problems to the clinic, clinician's attention. And this also is the reason how it becomes a huge toll on the caregivers uh, to take care of the dementia patients because the patients lack the insight into their symptoms which often results in frustration and behavioral changes. It's actually an emotional holocaust for the caregivers to witness this and seeing their loved ones going steadily downhill, especially when the cognitive function declines or the behavioral symptoms worsen. In these cases, counseling and participation in support groups can be beneficial for the caregivers. The caregivers should be encouraged to share their burden, responsibility and speak up. That can be very helpful to them. Respite care and elderly daycare may also be beneficial so that they can come back refreshed and rested. Other than forgetfulness or change in memory, there are other symptoms with dementia such as difficulty retaining new information or handling complex tasks such as balancing a checkbook for example or driving or getting lost in familiar surrounding places, difficulty with reasoning, unable to cope with unexpected events 
difficulty with spatial ability and orientation, language difficulty such as word finding difficulty in progressive pri primary progressive aphasia, and also behavior and personality changes such as those seen in frontotemporal dementia. Alzheimer's and vascular dementia are the commonest dementia that we see out there. Now, when we talk about the treatment for the dementia, the first step is identification of the symptoms and referral to specialist by the primary care physician for accurate diagnosis of the condition, severity and characterization of the dementia. This is so because the medical care, we, there are disease-specific medical treatments for the proper type of dementia. So, for example, for Alzheimer's disease, we have donapazil or Aricept, which is an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor. We also have memantin or Nemenda. These medications are known to slow the progression of the Alzheimer's or dementia and not necessarily reverse them, unfortunately, so far. Medical care also involves management of vascular risk factors, diabetes, high blood pressure and others. And to avoid polypharmacy, often and not elderly patients tend to be on a lot of medications and some of them they don't really need. That re results in a lot of side effects including um, the effect on their memory that should be addressed by the uh, doctors and primary care physician. Third step in Management of dementia include addressing the behavioral disturbances, screening and assessing underlying neuropsychiatric causes, pain management, management of depression, agitation, sleep disturbances, not only with medical therapy but also with environmental, behavioral and other non-pharmacological therapies. The patient should be evaluated for decision-making capacity at an early step. Driving, this becomes difficult for dementia patients as we know. In fact, there's a clinical dementia rating score or the CDR score and the studies have shown that if your CDR score or the clinical dementia rating score is more than or equal to 2, then you are unsafe for driving. Mm. Or if it is 0.5 to 1, then you should undergo reassessment whether you are safe for driving or not. As we know, the next step is people often get lost and they wander in the familiar spaces. So there are active steps should be taken at an early step such as leaving signs on doors in the house, alarms, identification tags, GPS devices, and even registration with wandering supports of similar programs that are out there in the community. Other important management is falls. Dementia patients are at risk of falls and injuring themselves. So gait assessment by physical therapy consultation, professional home safety assessment by the uh, home health therapy should be done. Besides, these patients should also be evaluated for other risk factors for falls, basically including medical conditions such as superimposed Parkinson's, superimposed myelopathy or cervical spine disease or B12 deficiencies or peripheral neuropathy or even as simple thing as visual impairment which can lead to the increased risk of falls. Caregiver support. Support groups and respite care are available for the caregivers because as we discussed, it's a huge holocaust for the caregivers to take care of the dementia patients. And last not the least, end of life issues. When you have advanced case of dementia, then advanced directives and other advanced care planning, even palliative and hospice care should be considered. So this is like a brief summary for the care and treatment for the dementia patients. 
Dr. Singel, is there anything else that you wanted to cover today that we haven't already mentioned? Sure. So there are a few pertinent topics I often talk to my patients. Um, number one, polypharmacy. We live in an age where the patients, especially the elderly patients, as discussed earlier, often end up in a long list of medications and some of them they don't really need. In fact, the added or long list of medications create side effects and then they are put on medications to treat those side effects. So I always encourage the patients to um, discuss with the primary care physicians and other doctors to see if they can come off some of these medications that they really don't need. Um, second thing, I often screen my patients for underlying sleep disorders and sleep apnea because it's very common out there and it's highly underestimated or under-recognized for uh, currently. Uh, the common symptoms for sleep apnea include difficulty sleeping, frequent nighttime awakenings, snoring as often mentioned by the partners or the significant others, excessive daytime sleepiness where you are feeling tired and fatigued and that temptation to take quick daytime naps throughout the day. Uh, you should get yourself evaluated for a possible underlying sleep apnea or other sleep disorders. Third thing, I encourage all my patients to follow healthy lifestyle habits, um, healthy fruits, vegetables and diet, drink plenty of water, regular exercise, yoga, meditation, stress relaxation techniques uh, go a long way in treating most, most of the medical conditions that we often see out there. So these are pretty much it. Thank you. So, Dr. Single, we covered a lot of great information today. Um, mm -hmm. If someone is searching for more information or is in need of your services, what should they do? Sure. They are more than welcome to reach out to our WellSmart Neurology Health Clinics here in Opelousas General Health uh, System. Our clinic contact number is 337-678-4152. Thank you so much, Dr. Single, for joining us today and providing all that great information. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next episode of Generally Speaking.